Hello listeners, a friendly reminder that the companies and topics discussed on this podcast are general advice only. Please consult an advisor or accountant for any personal advice. Yes, hello. It is about that time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Marco Pulse podcast. This is episode 58 of the podcast. We've got a few things to cover off in. We're going to talk about some Australian uh, macro stuff just around our labor market. We're going to talk about a few different individual companies this week. We're going to touch back on uh, Bubs, our listed uh, infant formula stock, and also uh, Altium, which is a company we have not spoken about on this podcast before. So hopefully you find that a little bit interesting. I'll talk about why it's had that big recent spike up in the share price as of late, but let's first kick it off with a check-in on how the major indices did over the last week. And we'll start it off with the ASX 200. That was up 0.8% last week. Pretty good showing there. The S&P 500 in the US can't say the same. Actually, it was down 1.91%. The NASDAQ down 0.27% last week. Uh, It's actually been a bit of a rough week. Well, it's actually been a bit of a rough month, really, for the US market. And And part of that's come uh, really off the back of uh, comments from the Fed towards the end of last week uh, that that impacted the market over there last week, uh, indicating that they're going to raise interest rates a little bit sooner than what they initially had laid out um, over the last few months. So that kind of spooked, I guess it spooked investors a little bit, uh, signaling that uh, perhaps the Fed... It's going to be what they would call a little bit more hawkish uh, than dovish moving forward and that they're obviously watching things like inflation indicators um, and have have brought brought forward basically uh, that timeline of when they're going to raise interest rates in the US. And the specific comments were actually about um, raising them twice, so having two hikes uh, by 2023. And the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, uh, just talked about how inflation was coming in ahead of their expectations, especially over the last few months, and that there's also a risk that that will uh, be higher perhaps as well. So that's why they have, I guess, changed their mind or just changed their timeline on rates over there. In terms of the market here, so the ASX had a pretty good week. Like I said, it was up 0.8%. And that goes for not just the big blue chips like our uh, so banks and healthcare stocks, they all had a positive week last week. Uh, but on top of that, actually on top of that, I mentioned, uh, I haven't mentioned this actually, but the CBA specifically, their share price cracked the $100 mark for the first time and they were sitting around $103 uh, when, as I'm recording this, which is on the 20th of June. So that's when they closed last Friday. On the point of healthcare stocks, you had like ResMed, Nanosonic, Sonic Healthcare, some of our common names in the healthcare sector. They had strong weeks. Uh, sorry, sorry, strong week rather. ResMed was up 12.5% for the week. Nanosonics was up about 4.2%. And Sonic Healthcare was up about 6.2%. Another winner uh, last week, which has not been much of a winner uh, this year, uh, is the tech sector, uh, the Australian tech sector, that is. You had buy now, pay later stocks like Afterpay and Zip going up uh, 10.5 and 13.8% respectively. And I guess the laggers last week were mostly resource stocks, especially gold miners. 
but even our big, really big, well-known mining companies like BHP, Rio, they all fell last week. Actually, you know what made me laugh? I guess in term, it's going to sound like it's not market-related, but it is. I've been loosely following the Euro 2020 uh, competition going on right now, uh, which is effectively like a World Cup, but just for Euro teams, which is basically the World Cup, I guess. <laughs> um, but Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the Portuguese player, um, he's being blamed for wiping somewhere uh, between the tune of four to f- uh, four to five billion dollars off the market value of Coca-Cola, which uh, listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And that's because he sat down for a press conference following Portugal's win over Hungary. And there was this Coke bottle on the table, uh, which is pretty common. Like you obviously see sponsor stuff like on the table and behind them on, on like a panel. But he picked up this Coke bottle and he removed it. Like he put it away under the table or something like that. And he put a water bottle there and said it. Uh, apparently said something about like you should drink water and not Coke. And apparently the Coca-Cola share price basically dropped immediately uh, from around 56 US dollars to 55. And then the same thing happened, similar thing happened, I should say, with Heineken, the beer company. Uh, Paul Pogba, the French player, moved this Heineken bottle. Uh, but that was because he's he's a... I was reading that he's a practicing Muslim and therefore he doesn't actually drink alcohol. Uh, And I don't think it had actually any impact from what I could read or see when I looked up the Heineken share price. But the Coca-Cola one had this immediate material impact because I believe um, the US markets were in trade at that time. So that was funny. (laughs) Um, Both both, uh, very big companies, you just imagine there was a bunch of suits running around who had the shits that Ronaldo had done that. So that was uh, that was something worth highlighting. I'm going to talk about um, a little bit of macro stuff, uh, Australian macro stuff, because we've had some updated uh, employment data to discuss. Uh, it's part of this continuing strengthening of the labor force here in Australia. And it feels so much different to a year ago where it was much more of a doom and gloom style conversation that we were having on this podcast as the total employment, so total employment, it has increased by 0.9% in May. Uh, it's now 1% higher than the total employment figures uh, or the figure right before the start of COVID-19. So it's pretty safe to say that the labor market really at this point is is at a point where I'm sure economists and I know and the government, I'm sure themselves, really wouldn't have foreseen it being at this point say, during the middle of last year, but that's that's where we are right now. Uh, we also check in on the participation rate in our podcast and see where that is. Again, the interesting thing for me is not just that the participation rate is improving. Uh, it, it came in for this May data set uh, at 60, 66.2%, which is an increase of 0.3. But the notable increase is among female participation rate. It was already on the way up prior to the pandemic, uh, especially noticeable increase among female participation in the labor force between 2015 to 2019. Uh, Then it dropped last year. It uh, it dropped for everyone, so males included. Uh, But now it has bounced up to be at 61.7%. So that's still less than the average participation rate, which is 66.2%, factoring in males and females there, but 61.7%. Now, a couple months ago, I think in March, it was 61.8%, so slightly higher than that. 
But the point of all this is that this it has never been this high ever. Uh, but it wasn't, I mean, for example, it wasn't until 2017 that it actually crossed the 60% mark. So that is a trend worth highlighting there. But the big headline figure is, of course, the overall unemployment rate for Australia, and that continues to fall. For May, this has come in at 5.1%, and it's worth highlighting that that's where it was in February 2020. So the uh, so that's what the unemployment rate was back then. Uh, so it has gained all of the lost ground uh, that it had since February 2020. And finally, another one I like to touch on, underemployment. So those who are working, maybe they're working like three days a week, but they would rather work five, so they're underemployed. In February 2020, that was 8.6%. It is now 7.4%, so uh, lower than the underemployment rate prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. So there you go. That is a little bit of an update on where the labor market is in Australia and how our employment situation is faring. Like I said, definitely a lot a lot better position than, well, I mean, definitely a better position than I thought we'd be in middle last year. But I, again, like I always say, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the people who proclaim to know what they're talking about definitely, um, definitely in a better position than they would have anticipated and that they definitely did anticipate last year. So we'll continue to follow the labor market. But now we're going to jump into a little bit about some specific Australian companies. We're going to talk about Bubs and afterwards we're going to talk about Altium. So Australian infant formula company Bubs, they ended the week on a cracker note. They were up about 21% for the week in total, but that was mostly down to an announcement on Friday from the company regarding overseas market expansion. In a release to the ASX, Bubs announced it would be launching into the US infant formula market following a deal they struck with Walmart to be available on uh, the walmart.com e-commerce platform. I assume that means they're not in Walmart stores, so just an e-commerce platform for Walmart's website. Uh, and they're doing this with two products. Uh, Bub's very famously known for their goat milk formula uh, specifically, but they'll be entering the US with uh, a bilingual English and Hispanic label on both their goat milk formula and grass-fed milk formula products. The uh, English and Hispanic label I just mentioned, uh, of course, important because uh, the US has well over 41 million Spanish speakers in the country. So they're, of course, they're going with a strategy to target both English-speaking and Spanish-speaking mothers who are seeking formula. Uh, they further announced that their products, uh, whilst already on Amazon Australia, will now actually expand to Amazon uh, US, their e-commerce platform. So if you're wondering why the share price jump in bubs, I guess that's your reason. Uh, investors certainly eyeing off the potential of what is stated in the Bubs uh, report to the ASX when they actually announced this. They said it was a $5.1 billion market, uh, the, the US infant formula market that is annually. And this being their first proper foray into that. So it will be worth keeping an eye on in terms of how they execute that strategy and just how successful it is uh, on those platforms such as Walmart and Amazon over in the US, and I guess how they manage that and what the growth prospects are. So that'll be one to follow along. Some other news that I alluded to at the very top of the show concerns Aussie tech company Altium 
They are listed on the ASX under ticker code ALU. Like I said, it's not actually a company that I've... I don't think I've even mentioned Altium before on this podcast. I'm going off memory, so I could be wrong. I definitely have not done a bit of any kind of deep dive into what they do, um, but it's definitely been a very popular stock, especially among those chasing growth and, and tech stocks in Australia. I mentioned it because it was up a little bit this, this week or the week that ended, um, but really the noticeable jump if you've been a follower of the markets or specifically maybe you follow or own shares in Altium came on the 7th of June. Uh, the company actually went into a, a short trading halt uh, early on that Monday morning. Uh, the AFR, the Australian Financial Review, had reported that the firm received a takeover approach. And so there was a fair bit of speculation going around. And, and then later that morning, the company did release a memo to the market and confirmed just that. So I'll take it straight from their uh, note to the market. So Altium ALU, so they confirm it has received a formal, non-binding, indicative and unsolicited proposal from Autodesk. Uh, Autodesk is listed on the NASDAQ under ADSK uh, for the acquisition of 100% of Altium shares at $38.50 per share. Now, I'm not sure if anyone is like me, but when I read that, I was like, huh, Autodesk sounds really familiar. Like, where have I heard that from? And then I had a look at the software because they're, they're a, uh, a software-based company as well. And I had a look at what they issue and uh, one of their pieces of software is CAD or AutoCAD. Uh, which is just one of their many products. But that was one I'm familiar with because I used to use it in school, in high school. Uh, you could do two or 3D modeling. Um, it's used in a professional sense for those in like construction and design, architecture, engineering, uh, even electronics design. Uh, so yeah, that that's Autodesk. They came to the table with a takeover proposal. Uh, but what I should have mentioned was that the title of the memo that Altium released to the market was... Autodesk acquisition proposal, and then in brackets, they had rejected. Um, so they knocked it back. And for further con, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit more, not to provide just context on this takeover, but uh, just context on who Altium are. So they're, they're one of these companies on the Australian market that has very, very long been a favored stock among investors. I say that as in like it's, it's, quite, it's quite often talked about especially over the last five or six years because it's been a good performer. So it's been a great share to have owned. It's had a little bit of a rough last year or so, um, but it's a tech a software firm. So it already gets the exciting growth stick of approval from investors because they started to, you know, they started to also boast quite an impressive set of customers that were using their software. I think that even included Microsoft I think Google at one stage. I don't know if they still are a customer. Uh, so that's good. Um, they started to move into like a more of a, a SaaS style model. So software as, software as a service style company. Uh, and that brings, again, a lot of attention because everyone loves a good SaaS company here in Australia, um, especially one that's growing its customer list. And the software that Altium specifically creates, it's used to design electronics. So let's say, a, pretend, say, a circuit board uh, that might be used in a piece of electronic equipment. So Altium has customers, for example, that are auto manufacturers. Uh, so let's say Toyota is designing a brand new um, Corolla and, they, of course, cars these days are full of electronics, um, especially compared to what they used to be. 
um, and Toyota might use the Altium software to actually design the electronics that go into the car. So maybe design a chipboard or circuit board um, that go into uh, the vehicle itself. So that's that's where they'd be using software from a company like Albertium. And that's what they do. They sell this as a subscription-style service. So I guess similar to how we would sign up to Netflix for a fee per month or per year, uh, companies can sign up to Altium for a similar uh, period and use it for electronic component design. Um, so like I said, the management of Altium actually rejected this offer. That was not something they were interested in. And again, I, I, you know, I don't want to paraphrase, so I'll just say exactly what their line was in their memo, they said, uh, however, they consider that the proposal uh, from Autodesk, of course, um, proposal significantly undervalues Altium's prospects and therefore rejects the proposal at the current price. Uh, they're going a little bit further after this, but the I guess the takeaway is that they don't think the offer was enough. And note that they said it undervalues their prospects, not necessarily maybe Altium now, but I guess they're they're looking towards the future. It sort of makes you speculate on what would be suitable in the board's eyes. I'm guessing they would have to crack the $40 mark from the way that they worded that. But either way, this boosted shareholder confidence because the share price shot up to around that Autodesk proposal price of $38.50 a share. And for context, before this, it was trading around $20, $28, $27 or so a share. So it shot up quite significantly, uh, around 38% or so, at least at the high there. And that happened even though the note was that they'd rejected the offer. Um, and even now, it's not it's not at $38.50 a share. So it, it's, it's hovering around like $35, $36 per share. Um, and that's regardless of the acquisition proposal being rejected. So there's kind of two things at play here. And it's it's something that you will see every now and again on the market, especially when there is takeover offers and, and especially when they're rejected. Uh, the first is, say, take Autodesk themselves. They're a much bigger company than Altium. Uh, they're well-respected in their field. So they clearly see value in a company like Altium. So if a competent uh, company sees them as a threat or sees them as good value uh, for their own business, uh, that's a good sign, right? So that's that's them saying, look, we've had a look at this business and we'd actually like to buy it. Like we think they're not going to buy it if they uh, uh, don't think there are good future prospects for the firm. Uh, the second is management confidence from a shareholder point of view. You know, when you read their note, they are very, they're just very, they sound very confident that the offer was low in, I guess, in respect to what the future holds for Altium. So I imagine that was some good news for, existing investors um, but it also kind of maybe struck the attention of potential new investors who uh, might put them on their radar now uh, considering you know that offer that's coming from Autodesk and just the confidence coming out of the management there. Uh, I don't really myself have a have a view on Altium. I, it's not a company that I've owned or, or do own. It's one that I've watched um, from the sidelines and just sort of Always been a little bit interested in the in the business and what they do. So I think if you're currently a holder, you're you know you're going through this thought process now of like, well, it's jumped quite significantly, and I'm guessing jumped significantly from where from wherever you purchased from. 
um, but do I want to sell now or do I want to back the management and you know perhaps sell for a higher price in the future, especially um, especially given their wording that they think it's a, a proposal that uh, undervalues the company. You could also be someone who uh, bought Outium in like 2017, 2018 for around like, I don't know, it was like, Somewhere between, I started, I think, in, yeah, so in 2018, it started to go into like the $13 share mark. Um, so you're probably laughing if you're one of those kind of people. So that's the update on where Altium is. And again, I guess similar to the Bub story there when they're starting to move into the US market with Altium, we'll, we'll continue to watch because this is a business that's um, pretty highly priced for growth. And I mean, that takeover bid was quite significantly more than what the, the share price was uh, trading at at that time. So we'll, I guess it's one definitely to watch, uh, see how the business does. And hopefully for those who are shareholders, uh, it can ac- execute that strategy and it, it can move into a higher share price. But that is also all we have time for on this episode. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Market Pulse podcast. This has been episode 58. If you do enjoy the podcast, give it a like, give it a star rating, give it a comment, give it a review on whatever your podcast platform is of choice. If you do have questions for the show, you can send them in to marketpulsepodcast at gmail.com. But thank you again for listening. My name is Dion Gribben. You've been listening to the Market Pulse Podcast. Have a good rest of your week. Cheers. Cheers.